I was reading a statistic, and it was a study that was done among many, many, many seminarians. And it seems that 81% of the seminarians have received, in part, their vocation because someone approached them. Someone approached them and mentioned to them that they would become a good priest or be a good priest. And there's some truth to that. And so I can understand how important it is that we as a community um, think of that, that, how much it is vital that we promote vocations. I was thinking about what to say, and, you know, I've been a priest for 10 years, and it is a beautiful life. I love it very much. I cannot think of a life where I would be more privileged to receive people into my heart. In this form of life, I am able to receive people all week long into my heart. Sometimes it gets too much. But it's always an intense moment. Last Saturday, I went to visit someone who was dying in a retirement home, and he was a good Catholic. And it was a beautiful moment for me. felt very honored to be there and to pray with him. And I was able to uh, say Mass in his room and to give him confession right before he passes and to give him last rites or the sacrament of the sick and then to give him the blessed sacrament. He couldn't swallow anymore. So I put a, a drop of the precious blood upon his tongue. And then finally I was able to give him the apostolic blessing which grants someone a plenary indulgence at the end of his life. And so it was like the four great things right all at once. And it was a very powerful moment. We had his funeral yesterday. So he died pretty shortly after that, maybe four or five days after. And then just yesterday, I had the privilege of celebrating a marriage here in the morning. And that was like another whole window that was opened up into someone's life. And, you know, I know that they're opening it up to the priests, not necessarily to the person, not necessarily to me and my personality or whatever. Uh, And nevertheless, it still is me that I get to see into that window of that person's life. And it's such an important point when you get married. Such an important point in your life. And it's going to determine how the rest of the life is going to go, really. It's one of those pivotal moments where you're making a major, major move. And you invite a priest to be there with you so that God might be part of it. And it's something that's so humbling as a priest is to know that uh, where you walk, um, you walk as 
in the image of the shepherd who is Christ. You walk in the image of Christ who is shepherd. And so very often it's, it's overwhelming in that sense, but also incredibly beautiful because you know that Christ in his mercy is always there, knocking. And confession is a wonderful reminder of that. Sometimes you hear that it's not good to be listening to people's dirty laundry all day long. And there's some truth. There's some truth to that. Uh, Who would want to be listening to people's dirty laundry all day long? Um, But nevertheless, beyond the material details of it, it, each person that walks in, you know, when you're sitting there for a long period of time or short, I'm thinking of the long, for three hours, four hours of confessions, even when it's a lot of confessions, each person is like another, again, like a window or a door into someone's soul. And they become vulnerable when they come into the confessional. And it is, again, very humbling and very beautiful and such a powerful moment in their life to receive God's mercy, love, and sometimes a little bit of wisdom, we hope, too. And when you think of the Mass and being a person of the Eucharist, a man of the Eucharist, that's also huge. It's very humbling at times. You know, in my life, I, I always still just kind of want to be the one receiving and not the one giving because the whole aspect about being in front of people, I'm naturally a little bit more introverted. But, not, but nevertheless, saying Mass, again, it's like I open up myself to Christ. Because a priest is, first of all, like Jesus, in the sense that he's a lamb, too. <laughs> you know, He's offering his own heart, too. And so in offering our own heart with Christ in the Eucharist. Every day, it's really a beautiful life. And I realize, too, that it implies many sacrifices. And every life, no matter which life you choose, can be scary in the beginning. Because every time you say yes to one thing, especially a really big thing, you say no to a lot of other things. And the most obvious is when Joe chose to marry Jane, he said no to marrying Jill. You know? Every yes implies no's to a lot of other things. So it is scary to choose something like that. But if we don't choose something, we will never have anything. And I have never regretted my choice. Hopefully, well, definitely now, after ordination, we know it's also God choosing, and God choosing us first. But it is a great thing. And there is a cardinal in the U.S. that is very influential, and his diocese, uh, before he was moved to another and became cardinal, had the largest amount of vocations in the U.S. It was the one of the more influential bishops in the U.S. He came and spoke to um, 
our national conference for university ministers, and there were over a thousand university ministers, probably a thousand five hundred or two thousand there. And he gave a long conference, and at the end of the conference is Q and A. And one of the ministers stood up and asked him, "What about the vocations crisis?" And he responded, "Tick for tack." I do not believe there is a vocations crisis in the church. I believe there will always be a proportionate amount of vocations to the proportionate amount of faithful. Whatever that proportion is, I have no idea. Whether it be a hundred or a thousand to one, I have no idea about that. But I do agree with him. In a church that loves the Eucharist. That loves the sacraments and loves Jesus Christ. There will always be one or two. There will always be the enough to provide the food. And wherever I've seen a vocations crisis, quote unquote, I usually also see a faith crisis. The two go hand in hand. And it is when we find a culture. Of faith, that we also find a culture of vocations, because it is in a parish that loves God and is searching to lay out his heart and his life for God, and looking for ways, not being saddled with just doing it in our hearts or in our mind, but looking for practical ways to lay out our heart and life, given our state of lives, that vocations are born. We call it a culture of vocations, and usually, in university ministry, for example, if we want to take the temperature of how the university ministry is going, we have to see how we are creating a culture of vocations. Not because we're looking for vocations, but because if people are asking God, "What do you want of my life? How can I best?" Love and serve. How can I best give my heart and all that I am? Vocations will arise, and if people are asking that already, it is a culture of vocations. That is a culture, and so that's something I pray for in this parish. I dream that it might become a culture of vocations where. It's not just with the priesthood, although today I'm asked to specifically speak about that. But in all the vocations, to ask ourselves how I can become holy, how I can give my heart to God, and how, therefore, also I can lay my heart out for my brother. And in doing that. I pray that this may continue to bear fruit. Recently, in our diocese, we went through a—I think it was a ten-year spell of no vocations. And the last two years, we've had six ordinations. And so, praise the Lord. From this parish, I have only been around for a couple of years, so I don't know all the vocations that have come from this parish. But I know of, of course, Bishop Drennan, who comes from this parish. That's a big one, yeah, right?、Uh, Bishop, the Bishop of Palmerston North, the same, that one. And 
I also know that we've had two other people in the seminary. We've had two other people enter the seminary recently in the last year from this parish, or at least in part from this parish. And so there is some fruit already in this parish, but we have to cultivate this. This is something that has to be intentional. Every person has to ask, how can I lay out my life for God? How can I give myself entirely to him? And so let us, throughout this Mass, pray that there might be enough priests to respond, for the harvest is ripe, but the harvesters are few.